About a year after the incident with the weird creature that was stalking the lab, we find Hawk in the hospital bed. His time has come. All of his friends have been able to come and say their goodbyes, and many of them tried to help, but there are just some things that can't be helped. But at least he's not alone as he passes his final minutes, and then his heart stops beating. What's going through Hawk's head as he passes away? As Hawk is dying, you know, I think that there's some small comfort in knowing that he's done some good things, at least in this last little chunk of his life. But I think more than anything, he's at unrest. He's afraid. He's afraid of the unknown or of hell or whatever there is after this for a guy that's lived kind of a shady life like he has. That makes sense. It is everything fades away. He has that thought lingering in his head. It's soon replaced by something else. A weird sense of what could possibly be called peace. The first thing he notices is that nothing hurts anymore. But it's not because of all the pain meds that he's on. It's the pain is gone. And Hawk opens his eyes to see nothing but darkness around him. In the darkness, Hawk has this moment where he remembers in his early 30s, he spent a couple of weeks in jail holding for trial. And he was, of course, exonerated at the trial, or at least found not guilty. But there were a few weeks there where he was in the can, and he kind of feels like that now in a way that it's almost like he woke up from a dream and he was there. And he sits up, and as he sits up, he realizes his back's not creaky, his knees aren't creaky, and he touches his face and even in the darkness of the room, he knows that the face that he's touching, he hadn't touched in 30 years. And as Hawk sits up, he feels a hand on his shoulder and hears the voice say, easy there, easy. Just give yourself some time, you'll adjust. Hawk looks around futilely in the dark. The hand on his shoulder is the only thing that's comforting and he does this like really really childish move and he reaches his hand up and puts it on top of the hand that's on his shoulder for whatever small comfort that can bring and he doesn't turn around he just speaks straight ahead and says where am I is this hell don't worry you're not in hell your vision will come back soon this place is a little hard to explain but you'll get used to it you may also be starting to realize that that voice feels familiar so Hawk is trying to place the voice, and it's like when you're looking at somebody's face and you can't quite get their name. But face does start to come into a little bit better focus, and he feels like his eyes are adjusting. He can't make out anything quite yet, but he does feel like his eyes are adjusting to the, to the darkness. And he says, when are we? The voice chuckles, and as things start coming into focus, you realize that the voice belongs to someone who is sitting in front of you. You're both sitting on the floor. She's young, looks like she's in, like in her 20s, maybe. Long blonde hair, dressed in relatively ordinary clothes, and she says, Well, that's an odd question, and there doesn't seem to be a win here. Hawk does what he's learned to do this past year and just accepts the weird. He shakes his head and he's like, all right. Now he knows the rules. And the rules are whatever this lady says they are. And right now, 
he's more concerned with figuring out who she is than about where they are because there's just this nagging sense that he knows her. And then he places it. It's not nearly as interesting as he had hoped. It's this young woman, thinks her name is Lily, and he really has only seen her passing in town. He knows that, that she grew up there and that there was some strangeness that happened around her, but that was decades ago and he wasn't really paying much attention to it. Something about she'd gone missing and then got found. And so he's putting all that together in his head and, and he goes, you're from Oak Ridge, ain't you? Yeah, that's true. Also, I will mention another thing you remember is it was someone named Lily who got you the passes to get into the lab. Oh, snap. Okay, 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 okay. Hawk's going to remember that, but hold on to it for a minute to see if there's any more information he can glean out of that memory before he tries to approach her with it. He says, did you die too? I'm not really sure. Years ago, I was out playing with some friends in the woods. We weren't supposed to be out there. and I got a little lost and I fell asleep and I just woke up here. Been here ever since. Hog remembers newspaper headlines and stuff like that from that time about, you know, the girl gone missing and stuff like that. And it sort of falls into place for him. Yeah, that was a really weird, weird, weird event. You also remember she was found about a day or so later. Yeah. And it seemed like a really big deal to be made about a kid, like, just wandering off and and coming back. But something about that was memorable and seemed to leave a mark on the town. And while he's thinking about that, he realizes that this is all making him a little bit dizzy. This is all almost too much. And... He looks down at his hands, and his hands are the hands of a much younger man. But they're his hands, without a doubt. Same scars, same knobby knuckles. But he, again, just accepts this as the reality. Must be 20, 30 years younger. And he looks at at Lily and goes, how old do I look? You look like you're about in your 30s. Yeah, this place has a weird habit of doing that. Because I came in when I was still a kid, and I aged up to a certain point, and I just stopped. Yeah, time works differently here than it does in the other worlds. So Hawk takes a big breath, and he sighs. And he says, well, I sure as hell ain't gonna wait around. What are we doing next, Lily? Well, I figured I'd give you some time to adjust, and... There's normally a bit of a spiel about the multiple reality stuff and the in-between and the bridge and all that, but from what I've seen, you already know a lot of that. I'm not sure how this place in particular came to be, and she kind of looks around and everything around you is still blurry, but you do feel like you're in a place. I just call it nowhere. Seems that things that get misplaced from different realities, or I think in your case, since you were touched by the in-between, but it didn't consume you, I think this is where we end up, and we've just been trying to figure out what's going on ever since. Hawk puts his hand on his stomach because he feels nauseated, and there's a certain amount of joy in the way that he feels it 
because it is not the pain that he has been in. And it's not at all like the pain that he's been in. This is just like a regular 30-year-old fellow having a tummy ache. Which sucks, but is not, you know, chronic deadly illness, right? So he clutches his stomach. This is just also very, very much. And he feels dizzy. He feels like he's going to throw up. And he's still, though, trying to, like, stay on his feet and trying to be tough. But I imagine his face is probably turning different shades and his lips are probably blue. She's passionate through a trash can. If you need this, it's okay. It's a lot. This place is a lot to get used to. But you've got plenty of time. At least you're not alone here, too. He shakes his head. He realizes that he'd been real hasty in standing up. So he sits back down. And he crosses his legs in a limber fashion that he hasn't known in a long time. And puts his head in his hands and just tries to tries to make some sense of it all. She just reaches down and gently pats Hawk on the head. <laughs> it's alright. You've been through a lot. I was able to see. We can't interact with anything from in here, but we can watch things and that was a brave thing you did. Your friends are going to be okay. Hawk looks up and manages a grin and goes, Yeah, I was, I was pretty badass for a minute. And then he kind of chuckles and puts his head back down. Yeah, not many people could have let go of that power or not completely given in to it. And now he doesn't have anything to say because that was the hard part. And so he just, he nods his head quietly. Like, he can't even joke about how hard that part was. He can joke about getting caught and getting the thing on him and in him, but he can't joke about getting free of it. She lets the silence continue for a second before crouching down in front of you. The in-between is a scary thing. And as long as things stay the way they are, it's gonna keep trying to find a way into the world. Well, we can't really find a way back, we have found some ways to help from this side. We're not in the in-between. We're somewhere else. But I think some people are sent here because maybe we can do something about it. Because there's a lot more at stake than just the town we came from. Hawk looks up at her and he goes, alright, look, you got me. I ain't jumping up again. That was dumb. But I'm with you on wanting to get out of here. And if there's more folks that are here that can help us, then take me to them. She holds out a hand to help you do your feet and is like, yeah. Well, follow me. I'll introduce you to the others. See if we can save the universe. 